Well, this morning we've had a great privilege, haven't we, of dedicating some children to the Lord, and that's very exciting to be able to do that and look forward to God's blessing on their lives going forward. And of course, to do that is a very biblical thing. And I want to highlight uh, for a few moments um, an example of that in Scripture, where a father is praying and blessing his children. So if you've got your Bible and you want to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 49, Genesis 49, it's an account of Jacob, Jacob, of course, who became known as Israel. He gathers his 12 sons together and he begins to uh, bless them, prophesy over them, speak over them, pray for them. And uh, there are 12 that they bring together and As you go through Genesis 49, we won't go through the whole chapter, but you'll see there all the names of those who are being blessed. And I think that should come on screen in a moment. Um, So you get from the oldest through to the youngest. And then, of course, if you know much about the history, that the family of of Jacob, uh, Israel, Um, took the promised land and it was all divided up and there were different tribes taking different areas. And as you read through the list in Genesis 49, you'll see a couple of names there who don't feature on the map on the right-hand side. So you get Levi, who's in the list. And of course, the tribe of Levi ultimately became the priesthood for the nation. And so they didn't have an inheritance in terms of land, but the rest of the tribe supported them. And then you get uh, Joshua, sorry, Joseph, right, get the right one, Um, who, again, has not got a land associated, an area of land, but the house of Joshua multiplied into two tribes, the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim. So if you ever wonder why, you know, there's 12 sons of Jacob and there's 12 tribes of Israel, but they don't always match, that's the reason. Anybody learn anything this morning already? Okay, all right, that's helpful. Uh, So, but this morning, I want to focus particularly on the words that Jacob speaks over Joseph. When you think about Joseph in the Old Testament, he's the one of all the sons of Jacob that is spoken about and recorded about the most. Um, And so let's just read the verses, which is verse 22 of Genesis 49, where Jacob is speaking over his son Joseph. And he starts off with verse 22, and he says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attack him. They shoot at him with hostility. But his bow remains steady. His strong arms stay limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the sky above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and the womb. For your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers." So an exciting uh, catalogue of blessings that that Jacob begins to speak over his son. But there's a recognition also um, of some of the challenges. So not only is uh, Jacob speaking uh, prophetically, speaking about the future, he's also acknowledging something of the past of, of Joseph's life. And of course, if anybody's seen the musicals, musical theater, Joseph, Technical dream coat, you know, uh, Hollywood's had a go uh, at, at representing that in, in different ways. 
And uh, so a lot of people will have heard about Joseph, who became you know, the second in command to uh, Pharaoh in Egypt, ultimately. But yet there was a recognition when Jacob speaks over Joseph of some of the challenges that had got, uh, the, that he'd come through up to that point. And um, very significant challenges. It started with his older brothers. His older brothers didn't like him. They felt that Joseph was the favored one of the family as far as their father was concerned. And so they were pretty spiteful towards him. Uh, they beat him up. They stripped him of his clothes. They sold him into slavery. Wow. That's his, only his brothers. Ultimately, thought they'd never see him again, that he was a dead man. And uh, they went back to Jacob and said, you know, a, a wild animal has taken him. Something's happened to him. And Jacob, when he's now at the end of his life and he's gathered his 12 sons and he begins, begins to speak over them, he reminds Joseph of this. And he says, you know, it's been like you've had archers firing arrows at you through your life. There was an instance as well, wasn't there, where Joseph was uh, in slavery and yet taken to be a servant in the house of a guy called Potiphar, who was a senior official in the Egyptian command. And... Um, Joseph's boss's wife got very friendly with Joseph, invited him, enticed him to go to bed with her. Joseph refused on more than one occasion. And ultimately, this guy's wife accuses Joseph of a attempted rape, has him thrown in prison, forgotten about. Seems like his life is over. So Joseph's had a few arrows shot at him by the time it comes to this point in Genesis 49 where Jacob's speaking over him. Anybody had any arrows shot at them? You feel like in your life, when I look back, there's been some tough points. Could be family, it could be wider than that, it could be issues that you face. You may be even facing some today and it's like, it's just like people are shooting arrows at me. You know, and actually as people of God, the Bible tells us that even the devil himself prowls around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that God has given us some army. He says, take up the shield of faith, Ephesians chapter 6, that you might quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, the great thing about Joseph was throughout all those challenges, you never see him turning his eyes off God. Keeps looking to the Lord for his help and his strength and his encouragement to go forward. And here's the thing, you know, as, as people of God, um, we're not promised that everything's going to be just super easy. I said earlier, we're praying for the children. I believe for a great adventure. But the adventure comes with some challenges sometimes as well. Um, how many of you know you never get a triumph without a trial? Yeah. And sometimes we face those issues. We have seasons of our life where it's really, really challenging. But yet God, in Joseph's eyes, was the one he kept hold of. He kept his faith in him. And so you get to this passage in Genesis 49, and it starts off really well, doesn't it? In verse 22, we read it. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. Now, how many of you 
want a fruitful life? Well, there's about three of you. Okay. Um, but I don't know about you. I don't just want to have an existence. I want my life to count for something. A sense of, you know, there's a purpose to it. God's called me to something. There's something that God wants to do in and through my life. And here he says, Joseph is a fruitful vine. But notice it's a fruitful vine near a spring because if the vine didn't have access to water, it was never going to be fruitful. I'm not a gardener, ask Anne-Marie, my wife. I am not the gardener in our household. But I know that plants need water if they're going to flourish and if they're going to be fruitful. So here, Jacob says, actually, Joseph, with all these challenges you've been through, you are and you will continue to be a fruitful vine who's planted near to a spring. And then he says, whose branches climb over a wall. I mean, that speaks to me of a sense of um, going beyond our immediate boundaries. We, uh, I said I'd, I'm not the gardener, but this week um, I did some gardening. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, you really don't know what I did. Um, so uh, we, our house on, on the side of the house that we don't use very often has got a, a single pathway. We don't really use it. But I went round there the other day because it's where the gas and the, ele- uh, sorry, the electric meter, no, the gas meter cupboard is, get the right one. And so um, it's all got brambles in it and everything. So I could get as far as the meter, but I couldn't get much further. And so I thought, <laughs> ought to do something about it. And it was brambles and it was thorns and it was a right mess. So I actually did the gardening cut down the brambles, got a few thorns to prove it. Um, but I thought, where has this stuff come from? We didn't plant it. It's come up under the fence from next door or somewhere. And Our neighbours are great. But, you know, so chocolate. But what had that done? It had gone over the wall or under the wall in that particular case or under the fence. And it's like influencing the area round about its original place. So these brambles were influencing my life. Did you know, as people of God, God wants us to be fruitful, planted close to him, and influencing the world around us? For good, may I say. Unlike the brambles, that didn't really have many brambles on, to be honest, black, black, whatever they are. Um, But I think God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to the world in which we live, to the people around us. If you've got your Bible again, I'm just going to shoot to Psalm 84, because I think this psalm holds some great keys if we want to be blessed. If I ask this, how many people want to be blessed, hopefully there'll be a few more than three. Uh Uh-huh, right, okay. Listen up then. Verse 4, Psalm 84. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those who dwell. There's something about where you're rooted, yeah? If you're dwelling somewhere, it's something where you're rooted. A bit like that vine by the water, it's rooted. And so here the psalmist says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Primarily, where should we be rooted? Whose house are we talking about? We're talking about God's house. We're talking about the place where God resides. Our primary connection, rooted connection, needs to be in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. God. And that's the opportunity for each one as human beings to make that connection, to become rooted in him. So rooted in him, in his house, and who gathers together in the house of God? It's God's people. 
So not only rooted with him, it's rooted with others. Um, recently, I had someone say to me, and, and you would all know this person, every one of you in this room. Uh, they said to me, a church leader recently said that um, to be a Christian, I don't have to go to church. And they said to me, they said, I actually quite like that idea. I can be a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. So I said, well, that's okay to a point. And it's maybe actually factually correct that you can be a Christian and not go to church. But I said, you miss out on so much of the benefit of gathering together with God's people, being in God's house together, worshipping him together, encouraging one another in our journey of faith for the things that he has for us. And secondly, you miss out on the blessing of being an encouragement to others who are on that same journey. So I said, don't let staying away mean you miss out on so much of what God has for you. And I left it with them. And I think there's a big key here when he says, blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Now, this morning we spent quite a bit of time worshipping God, praising God in the songs that we sing, in the prayers that we pray, in the declarations that we've made. And that we feel is just so important as we gather together as God's people. But it's so important that we do that on our own as well, that we are ever praising him. Do you know why? Because my Bible tells me that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him, the something of the presence of God comes and manifests himself to us. You know, we started with the song this morning, didn't we? The, the old hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. And, you know, we sing it and we're excited about it and there's brilliant truths within it. And there's great worship being written. I mean, the amount of new modern worship songs that are being written, we've sung a few this morning, is amazing around the world. There's one that says, and I think we may sing it towards the end, it says, in every season, you are still God. And I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. And Joseph knew in every season, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, to worship God, to praise him, because he had a reason. God was still for him, even though the challenges may have been afoot. Verse 5 of Psalm 84 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who set their hearts on pilgrimage. How do you, have you ever wondered, how do you do things in the strength of God? It's a reasonable question. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. How do you actually do things in the strength of God? I think firstly, I need to admit that there are things I need the help of God in. You know, we prayed for parents this morning that they would know God's help in their parenting of their children. Um, do you have any parents here, as, as well as those others, quite a few, I'm sure, grandparents? Um, do you ever have a moment? I mean, it would only be a moment. We're in exasperation. In exasperation, you just say, Give me strength. You know, when you're looking at your kids and they're doing something that, well, yeah, anyway. 
give it. Well, actually, it's a great prayer to pray to the Lord. Lord, give me strength. You know, seriously. Lord, would you strengthen me? Would you give me strength for the task? Um, so admit that we need God's help um, and pray and ask, Lord, would you come? Would you give me strength? And then begin to trust God that actually what he says in his word is actually true. And there are tons of promises in God's word that we can employ in our daily lives to live the fruitful life that he wants us to live, the blessed life that he wants us to live. So trust, to admit, to pray, to trust, and then to act. Because, you know, there usually needs to be some action in our lives. And so to act, having admitted that we need God's help, praying for it, believing for it, and then get on with it, life. And get on with the stuff that you need to do. And then keep thanking him as well. So if you want to know the strength of God, there's a little thought there that you might want to uh, employ going forward. So blessed are those whose strength is in you, who set their hearts on pilgrimage. And I guess the fundamental question there is, have you set your heart on pilgrimage with the Lord? Have you invited him to come into your life, to go on the journey of life with you? Because God is very much into that. Very much wants to do that. Very much wants to be with you, to walk with you, to journey with you, to be your help and encouragement. Not just on a Sunday morning when we get together like this, but actually throughout the week. That God is my help and my strength. The psalmist says my ever-present help. Not limited to a few moments or a few minutes here and there, but my ever-present help in my times of need. Why not this morning, if you've never before, why don't you consider inviting God on the journey of life with you to be on a pilgrimage with him? And then it says in verse 6, it says, having set your hearts on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. Now the name Baca actually is defined as the valley of weeping. So not the greatest place. One of those challenging seasons, walking through a tough season. As they pass through the valley of Baca, that tough season, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. So in other words, as God's people who are trusting in him, who are blessed by him, go through these tough seasons, go through these tough challenges, these tough circumstances, they actually make a difference. Did you know God wants you to make a difference in the world in which you work and circulate? I believe for each one of us who know something of the blessing of God on our lives, we can have that positive influence every day of our lives in the arenas that we work and journey. Uh, Hugh, last week when he was speaking, he admitted to two stories that he told, he'd told before. Well, I'm going to tell you a story that some of you may have heard before. Is that okay? Um, it's almost 30 years ago. I know I don't look uh, old enough. But uh, 30 years, in this coming January, I left industry, having worked there for 10 years, having left school at the age of 16. Now, some of you can work out how old I am. Um... And I left my working environment. 
I'd worked in a research and development uh, environment. And I'd been left about four, three or four months. And I bumped into a former colleague in town. And we got chatting, and she was asking me, how's the new role going? I was now working for the church. And she said, how's it all going? What's going on? And uh, so I chatted a bit about that. And I said, how's things in the workplace? Back where I used to work. She said, it is awful. I said, what do you mean? She said, the atmosphere is horrendous. I said, why? What, what's happened? She said, you left. And I went, wow. And it wasn't until that point I realized the influence that we have as God's people to change atmospheres. Now, you may be thinking this morning, you don't know where I work, David. It's a tough atmosphere. I tell you what, if you were taken out of it, it would be ten times worse. We've got to believe that. If we're blessed people of God, if we know the blessing of God on our lives, we will carry something of that wherever we go and with whomever we rub shoulders with, that we will make a difference. You walk through the valley of Baca, but you make it a place of springs, of pools, a sense of refreshing comes because you are there. Perhaps the musicians will come out. I'll, I'll bring this to a close. Verse 7 of chapter 84, the psalm says, They go from strength of strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. When we begin to see the blessing of God on our lives, not only coming on our lives, but working through our lives and affecting the world around us, then our confidence begins to increase. Our faith begins to increase further in God as we see God working not only in us, but through us to the world around us. And that is, I believe, the heart of God for every one of us sat here today. That God not only wants to bless you, but he wants to bless the world around you. Mark prayed a few moments ago for government, both local and national. You know, we need to pray that God's people who are in government continue to bring that positive sense of God's blessing and help and encouragement through the tough season that we're in as a nation. The uncertainty of the future. And we need to keep praying for those guys. But where we are in our everyday walk and journey, in our workplace, in our home, in the settings that we are, dare we believe that the blessing of God not only wants to come to us but through us. Anybody up for that? And we're going to pray in those regards. So God says, I will bless those who are found in my house, where you're rooted, those who are ever praising me. He says, I bless those who have found strength in me and have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And I believe God says, where you go, I will go with you. So why don't we stand? I'm going to pray. And if you're up for this this morning, don't do it if you're not up for it, but why don't you just put your hands out in front of you, like that, and I just want to pray. I want to pray God's blessing over us as people gathered here today, and, and maybe there are people here this morning who have never actually invited the Lord on the journey of life with them. Well, right here, right now, in your own heart, in your own thoughts, you can pray that prayer and say, Lord, would you come into my life? 
would you help me on my journey, Lord, to be that fruitful person your word encourages me that I can be. So, Father, right here, right now, for anybody who's in that position, maybe never asked you before, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you'll begin to reveal yourself to them and encourage them for the days that lie ahead. And Father, for each one of us across the room, we will increasingly find our strength in you as we put those everyday things that we do to you. And we ask you for your help. And we trust in the promises of your word. Lord, may we see the abundance of your blessing flowing to us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen.